got a couple podcasts left before you move and <laughs> things come to an end Shelby uh one of our last no, pop culture no. roundups ever I can't there's too many there's too many changes in my life I can't lose this too you can't take it from me so I'm wait what's the that, oh. so you're moving from Texas to California yes, I'm leaving I'm leaving Texas uh RIP oh. fascism and a, go- I'm a good to, choice I'm heading to California where in fact there is still some wild headlines that I would not expect there. So <laughs> hopefully the grass is greener. But Wait, no what are the wild headlines? Aside from the fact that there's like constantly on fire. Oh, there was like a protest against a like Pride Month reading at an elementary school, like literally in LA, <laughs> like uh. yesterday. <laughs> and I just can't. I can't. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm really over the bigots. I mean, yes, I am also over the bigots. Luckily, I live in New York where it's there's a lot less of them. But yes, it is. Yeah. If I if I if I leave, if I sort of like go outside of my bubble for five seconds on Twitter or something, I'm like, oh, wait, yeah, there's still lots of horrible, horrible people in this world. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten rid of most of them, but nope. Nope. Um, They're still around. But yeah, that's the end of the month. Are you, so are you driving? How long, like what, how long is the moving process? Like, are you going to be out of uh, touch <laughs> for like, several weeks, a month? You again. Uh, you're like, can we cancel this three weeks early? Um, okay, so we're just doing some like pods packing, you know, like just a ship your pod across the country type thing. Yeah, um, so very that's... black mirror. <laughs> yeah. So that's packed up the 21st and then okay. gets to our new this pretty fast turnaround because they get there within less a week less than a week which is just like a happy coincidence and then i'm flying out the following wednesday because penny still has like daycare so it's like childcare, and you know instead of being in a new apartment with no furniture i'll be in an old apartment with no furniture but childcare. so that's gotcha. So so Rob is going first? <laughs> yeah, Rob's driving the car. And okay. then I'm flying the child. Is the so podcasting it, equipment going in the worse. pod? Or is the podcasting equipment staying? <laughs> that's um, the real question. I guess it was it was gonna stay because that's the week of Mish something's coming out that week. Well, it's there's like, the twenty sixth. Which that may be a question. That's the question. Well, because then the next week I'll be in Fire Island. So the 4th of July weekend. Again. Yeah, yeah, but this is the only, these are the only two times I'm going. I'm just joking. Okay, no. So I should. So far. I could conceivably do 
a podcast June 26th. And then, yeah, I'm out of pocket for the holiday as well. Because that's... Okay. Oh, okay. So don't be trying to blame me. Like, And honestly, (laughs) it was a little sex shamey. And also during... Pride Month, you're going well, to say that I, I shouldn't wasn't be going being to sex shamey. I was to like, Fire, Fire Island. Island? <laughs> wow, Shelby. Wow. Even Taylor Swift I is, think this is podcast celebrating quote unquote Pride Month. How much I want you to have your Jane Austen experience on Fire Island. I just didn't know it was That's happening true. so quickly. So yeah. well, I'm I'm rooting. You know, for it's you. always happening, I'm... and it's always not happening. <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm in a I'm in a very out. exciting romantic spot right now where no, I'm I'm currently uh have crushes on two different people who are dentists. <gasps> neither oh of, my gosh, <laughs> both of them I barely ever spoken to, but I could be, you know, um in for a lifetime dentist. worth of oral care. Yeah, I was well, like I was like <laughs> wouldn't it be great to just have like unlimited like cosmetic teeth whitening at your disposal yeah well especially me who is famously obsessed with teeth yeah that's true Mm. you never have to worry about it because they they're so cushy i've never been to a dentist that's open after four most of them take fridays off like it's like they have the chillest work-life balance and they get paid freaking loads of money so yeah I also feel like orthodontist is a good, uh, oh yeah, a good field to go into. Longer school, longer school to get there, but yeah, a better payoff. I just think dentist is like that sweet spot of, you know, education not taking eight thousand years. You get paid a ton, and you just like, you don't have to even talk to your patients because their mouths are just hanging open, and you're just in there doing your work, and then you're like, bye. Yeah, that's so true. That's it's so like true. so easy. <laughs> So I hope one of those works out. I mean, the odds. Maybe you should go back to school to be a dentist. Oh my gosh, absolutely not! I said I wanted to marry a dentist. (laughs) Instead, you have a child psychiatrist. Close enough. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um. But anyways, pop news this week. I've um, I'm happy to report that Maddie Healy and Taylor Swift have supposedly broken up. So. Prayers are answered and God is real. <laughs> I I would I mean obviously as we do we have Taylor Swift things to discuss. Um, <laughs> She's been in the news a little too much for my taste, well, especially I, doing this podcast with you. <laughs> I read an article. I don't. Did you read the article? It was in Vulture about like Taylor how Taylor Swift is like overexposed and potential. It's like how this summer oh, is sort of is mirroring the. Um, the summer before the snake day thing and how she's sort of like dangerously on edge of being a yeah and I'm like come on let's push her over (laughs) right over the edge you're like I'll release the snakes this time I loved snake day the first time and I'm going to love it again (laughs) yeah I mean it's been a whirlwind of really random choices not even just with Maddie Healy but like well, the Over ice the spice thing. Week, yeah, she she announced this like karma featuring ice spice, which felt really like PR, trying to control the narrative, like spin everything, bury the Maddie Healy v ice space ice spice rumor like headlines, get some better SEO going on for Taylor's brand. Do I think that it was like patched together that quickly? No, because she did end up having a music video and like. 
she has been playing Ice Spice at the beginning of her tour, like every night. So she she has a story that Ice Spice reached out to her and she's like, I've been a huge fan. I was hyping myself up for a tour with your music. And so she always has the same playlist at the beginning of her concert. So, you know, like the last five songs mean she's like, you know, 10 minutes out from performing. Anyways, Ice Spice is third up from the countdown. And so I think that was like a real thing. Do I think maybe she was happy that that was <laughs> that the stars aligned that she could rush that out maybe quicker than she would have? Yeah. And she also buried bad headlines with more news, which was like this special edition of Midnight's and a second special edition only to really be released at the Foxborough Stadium. It was very confusing. There's now like five iterations of Midnight's, all with like slightly different like track lists. Someone did the spreadsheet like math and there's not a single edition that has every song that she's released for Midnight. So the most recent one is like it has Snow on the Beach featuring more Lana Del Rey, the Karma Ice Spice, and then it's called like the after, it's called like the late night edition or something. But then she also released this from the vault song on a physical CD that she's been sharing at the stadiums that's called You're Losing Me, which is very clearly like a postmortem song about her and Joe's relationship. Um and that's not available on streaming. It's just on these physical CDs. And of course, you know, she's a she, she's being studied for her corporate queen behavior because she's back in the Billboard, like top 200, all 10 albums of her last like six years are all charting. And Midnight's is having another like glow. Karma is having another hit. So like she's getting those she's getting those accolades those numbers the things that she wants and is clearly bloodthirsty for but it has been sort of a a stain on some fans feelings for her yeah i mean it just all feels a little brutal to be yeah (laughs) like sort of bludgeoning away at these like records and stuff and just like sucking in money from all ends of the spectrum and and to have ice spice like come out and on one hand you're like okay great like good for her because she's getting to perform with taylor but then it's like oh you know that taylor's making money hand over fist for this and not to say that like the ice spice isn't making money from it because i'm sure that she is but it's like okay and then she never has addressed any of the maddie healy stuff so this is kind of like with that we've talked a lot about and about how she really hasn't addressed any of these political issues despite the fact that her whole rebrand post uh snake day was like well now i'm political and i'm going to take these people on and blah 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 but it seems like a lot of that politics were very helpful to her financial bottom line and now that that isn't the case so much she is shutting up although i finally saw that she it, one of her concerts was like, and it's pride and I want everybody to feel welcome here. Just like when I wrote in my song, you need to calm down. Don't step on his gown. I was like, okay, like this is a little like love the sentiment, but yeah, also yeah. like this is a little bit like late in the run and yeah. also was not particularly um, 
she like mentioned the legislation. Yeah, yeah. And was like, and that's why I'm always saying that we need to go out and vote. And it's like, well, but yeah. yeah, but like, have you been saying anything about this in the past, however long? And her statement was just sort of vague enough that like if you were a homophobic person, you could probably like stomach it. It wasn't like <laughs> we love trans people, you know, it was sort of yeah, like yeah. Eh, Well, I mean to be fair, like I think it's an interesting discourse because yeah, I've been really frustrated by her. I think a lot of her actions, her her very public facing actions are pretty um performative. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's like um, gorgeous. Did you hear that? Sorry. Yes, we're hearing <laughs> <Yeah>. babies. <laughs> so That's some um, uh, Blake yeah. Lively's kid, Ethel Crethel, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it's honeydew. But um, no, so, but I do think like, Taylor, she doesn't risk herself. Like, that's something, she, you know, she's not Lizzo. She's not Haley being like, oh, you think I'm scared to be political? Like, F Ronda Sanders. Like, she's very, very controlled, very, very concerned with image. But I think it is good she said something. And I think it's also, you know, she did have a trans love interest in her music videos. So it's not like she's only trotting out like a pride flag when it suits her. Like she does put money and like resources. Is she sacrificing anything? Is it maybe doing it to make her look good? Yeah, probably. But it's like to your point with like Ice Spice, at least she is like. I don't know. It's so hard to know what we want from celebrities. And that's like something I've been wrestling with, with Taylor specifically, because I'm like, you're, it's annoying that you're this rich and like still this self-centered yeah. <laughs> or, and this self-centered. But yeah, I think, I think that that's frustrating, but also I think that something that's different between Taylor Swift and other people is the amount of influence that she has. And I yeah. think that's part of the issue. Like, can Matthew McConaughey, you know, say something pr- for pride? Like, sure, great, love that for him. But it's like, are there tons of people who are like clamoring to know what Matthew McConaughey says and like will do exactly <laughs> whatever he says? No, yeah. there's not. But there are millions of Taylor Swift fans. And not that we want to like be starting a cult or, you know, telling people what to think necessarily. But when she says things, her fans listen to them and consider that and really take that in and a lot of those are are young people and a lot of those are people who grow up in you know super conservative families and backgrounds so if their idol is telling them hey you know maybe you should consider your way of thinking about this um that's a lot of influence that she has that i think is important that a lot of other people don't have. And so, yeah, for her... Well, don't you think that's what she was saying in her speech where she wasn't just like, I love everyone, everyone should be safe, I mean, but she did follow yeah, up with like... I, and I think it's important to be aware of the legislation, be aware of what people are saying and go out and vote and make sure your leaders know that like you don't stand for this Yeah, I, it was just like, it felt so kind of late and delayed. And right. also it... Like, she has lots of gay fans, and it is Pride Month, so it sort of felt like she kind of had to say something. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that then all of those fans would be like, yay, like, I'm going to buy the rainbow merch or whatever. <laughs> but it felt a little bit more like when Disney kind of had to, like, okay, we're going to want to. Yeah, it's, like, less 
Um, like she's sort of like in the trenches, you know. Um, yeah. She's not giving me like Jane Fonda energy, which isn't what she <laughs> yeah. is trying to do. But I'm just saying, like, there's a. I think especially after she had the whole "you need to calm down" video yeah. and um and some of these other things that she's done and sort of rebranded herself as like this woke political person in her documentary, that it's yeah. like I would like to if you're going to claim that like then let's see a little bit more action on that front definitely i think there's a lot of like that's an issue with almost any quote-unquote ally especially in the you know public sphere like celebrities because it's easy to kind of just say i'm an ally and slap it on whatever when it's easy and convenient for you but you aren't like you're not hurting from it you're not like like you said in the trenches for it like it's like it's easy to use and being an ally as like a shield from having to get involved because you're like i like people I love everyone. Um, But yeah, what are you doing to ignite change? And I think it's like, obviously, you know, you or others will never be pleased with certain people. And I too, like, feel frustrated. Like, I feel like I've had to just like, let go of believing in the goodness of (laughs) rich people. Do I think she's like actively evil? No. I'm really glad that she broke up with Maddie Healy. I had the ick for a long time. Like it's, it's going to be hard to overcome. This is what I mean. Like, it's like, there's definitely like not the same good vibes I've had in the past. Like it is very transparent, like how little she thinks about impact versus intent and how much she gets away with Um, maybe not digging in, deeply into why people are frustrated with her or what feels performative or kind of shallow or convenient about her brand of activism. Um, because yeah, like she didn't, she, she will never like put her neck on the line. And while she does do positive things, like having mainly queer dancers on her tour, mainly like black women or people of color in her band, like it's still like, well, like you, you're still profiting off of them. And that's always going to be like an issue. And it's kind of, you know, it gives me that it, it's, well, it's, and it's, and it's like a little bit of a shield for her too, because part of the complaints about like the girl squad or whatever was that it was all of these like skinny white girls. And so I think that she, she's just like so media savvy that I feel like everything that she does, yeah, you I never like trust her. Yeah. 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 It's like, She's a pathological yeah, if, people pleaser. That's what she's saying. See, in her I don't song, think she's a people me. pleaser. I think that she is. She's a self person pleaser. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's a. It's you like have to like not, me because I'm a good person. Uh, it's pleaser. like she's not trying to get someone. Like she's not going out of her way to do something to get somebody else to like her. She's sort of like upset if you don't like her um, <laughs> and will be mad at you for it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what she does next. I mean, a lot of people are like reading into her performances now and being like, oh my gosh, she's so emo. She's so heartbroken. Like she was clearly not thinking straight being with Maddie. It's like, we don't know. We don't freaking know. I I watch those videos of them being like, look, she's tearing up. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It looks like she's blinking against the harsh lights of her stage. Like we just don't know. And I think that's what people have to accept is like even this Maddie Healy, like blitz of a relationship felt like such bad like ideas and like she's still human yeah she's probably reeling from a long breakup and she's clearly like torn up maybe she just wanted something light and effort but it's like 
at some point, these people who do wield such huge amasses of wealth and power need to grow up. And I think celebrities just have that sort of arrested development mentality where they do not think about the (laughs) impact versus intent. Like even the Maddie Healy profile that came out via the New Yorker last week, I read it and I find him so nauseating. Um, Coincidentally, um, he reminded me a lot of one of the characters in Spider-Verse where it's like, I'm so punk. I, I'm so punk. Everyone's just fake. I understand it. I'm so edgy. And like, I'm, no one actually cares what I think and no one should care, but also I'm going to say things that offend people and like they can deal with it, but it's not meant to offend. So jokes on them. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, I just think a lot of these people are dumb. (laughs) We just have to. Oh yeah. No, I think they're so (laughs) dumb. And I feel like, I feel like sometimes like Maddie Healy, is give like give is giving me uh Timothy Chalamet and Ladybird energy <laughs> yeah. in a lot of ways and exactly. i feel like and i feel like Taylor Swift uh also has some of that sometimes in like yeah. you know she wants to be like deeper and cooler and whatever than she is um but yeah yeah uh well we have the new speak now coming out at some point yes. here i can't remember when that date is July um 7th. but Luckily for Taylor, if there is a severe backlash, she does have a reputation re-release that she can, yeah. you know, try to spiral into another <laughs> rebrand. Say, See, this was all just this yes. was just an Easter egg. It yeah, was just... mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm three years ahead of you guys. Um, yeah, I do like the. As soon as it was announced, like at first, I thought it was too good to be true because it was just TMZ. But then everyone started announcing it, and there's like an insider talking to people, which is usually code for her PR person. And it's like this same quote flipped to like an exclusive with people, where it said she had fun with him, but it was always casual. They're no longer romantically involved. And then a different insider said something to us that was Taylor and Matt are no longer romantically involved. They had fun together, but it was never serious. (laughs) So it seems like Tree Payne is doing her work, getting the story out there that it was just a bad, it was just some bad judgment. It was just a summer fling, but it's over and they just want to put the past behind them. I'll be curious to see what she does. I think Speak Now is an interesting album to come out next because that was, that was Taylor at her like saltiest, her most, I mean, Caddy feels sexist, but like she was singing, you know, obviously Dear John about John Mayer. Her press was much more caustic and like sarcastic, you know, very knife, you know, it's better than revenge, Taylor. And so I'm curious like how she'll present these songs now, like obviously way more mature, hopefully, but also dealing with the fact that she had similar bad press in the year of her 33rd life. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I'm hoping for a downfall. It seems like she's course corrected <laughs> enough at this point with the Maddie yeah. Healy stuff that the I think it'll be tough and... to do a downfall for her. I think she's reached a sort of sphere of popularity where there's so many people who love her. Like just thinking of her concert sizes and people like thousands of people just sitting in parking lots to hear it. But it's like know, those though. people aren't reading the news stories like we are so it's like i was talking to someone who went to a concert and he's like who's maddie healy so it's like there's still this whole network of fans who are not as chronically online as we are yeah i i get that 100 but i also and this is a very different situation 
and very different reasoning. But I often think about how swiftly the <laughs> Katy Perry decline was. Oh, yeah. Where okay. she went from, you know, like the biggest album of all time to all of a sudden, like, yeah, but that Nobody was the music liked. was bad. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, not Taylor that Taylor Swift is necessarily going to be delivering bad music, but I feel like there was just a bunch of tiny things that sort of all contributed at once to give people the ick kind of on <laughs> Katy Perry. And it was yeah. like her album wasn't great, and she had these couple weird performances, and she had a couple weird news moments, and it was just and she's just like never been able to get back from that, even though I think like a lot of her music since has been good and you know it's like she had like she's on American like there are things that she's doing she just like hasn't been able to regroup from that and I don't know if it'll like I don't think we'll have a similar thing with Taylor Swift as that we did on the National Snake Day where it's like all at once she's done but I but I feel like there we are sort of like accumulating the um infinity stones of Taylor Swift's demise (laughs) and I feel like you know we're probably like three away from it but at some point I'm hoping yeah (laughs) Yeah. I'm ready to make the snap (laughs) Uh, yeah well that's been like consuming all of media I hope she doesn't continue this like path of being papped constantly with her gaggle of friends or going to the studio. Like, I hope well, she does find an equilibrium of her past self so that but, she doesn't get overexposed. But but the thing is, if there's one thing that I feel like is a constant of Taylor Swift, it's that she cannot be single. And <laughs> I think that we're probably due for another high-profile boyfriend fairly soon. And who knows who that will be, but... <laughs> I'd rather I, she's just. I'd rather get the I'm speak ready for, now era. I'm ready for Pete Davidson. With everyone, I want her to have that Leonardo DiCaprio effect where whenever she's photographed with a man, they're like they're dating. I want her to. I want her to taste the rainbow. You know, I want her to get out, stay single, but have fun. I'm happy for that. That's what she mm. needs, uh, according to me. And I'm married to a psychiatrist, so. Oh yeah, so you know. <laughs> I um, Famously not married to a dentist. Yeah. Uh, what other stories did you have this week? Um, Kind of a non-story, but the Ted Lasso finale happened. And it was, frankly, I've, ill-received I've, by I've most. I've heard it was t- terrible from yeah. everyone. I'm glad yeah. I jumped off that show's bandwagon after the first season. It feels like it was the right time. Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. I talked about it a couple weeks ago as a love it or hate it because the season's just been so, like, uneven, so uninteresting. And the finale felt like it was just, like, so forgettable and bland and kind of unspecial and confusing in its time jumps and, like, multiple perspective endings. I don't know. It was just, like, weird. And it's also strange because it's one of the most expensive shows. It's, like... I think what happened is the showrunner left. Um, I don't remember his name. Uh, not, Ted, go... not Ted Lasso, obviously. Jason didn't... Sudeikis took over as showrunner, like show writer, head writer or whatever. And I don't know. Writer strike seems to prove that not all actors can be uh, be that great behind the scenes. But it was just disappointing and kind of like a a shrug of an ending for a show that had such a big splash. So that well, was disappointing. I feel like the writer's strike um, uh, is proof that nobody can do what the writers are doing. <laughs> but to pivot 
I guess the so the writer strike has been ongoing for like what a month now I think at this point and yeah. one of the big things that everybody was sort of waiting for was that the directors guild and also the screen actors guild both had their negotiations coming up and those dates for finalization would be in June. And so there was a lot of talk about how, oh, maybe all three of these giant unions will all be on strike. They'll sort of band together to really get great terms for all three from the studios because without actors and without directors, obviously like no production can go forward. So it doesn't even matter if something like, oh, the script's already done or it's a reality show or whatever, like it just can't go. And so that would really force the, um, the studios to have to bring up some better terms, but the director's guild has never really gone on strike. And it's obviously a smaller guild than the writer's guild. Um, a lot of the people in the director's guild are sort of lower level uh, directors. Like there's, there's like movie directors, obviously, but then there's lots of sort of, um, I guess like a director assistant kind of people who are in the director's guild. And so they, it was announced, I think yesterday that they had come to an agreement with the studios and that they were planning on signing and not going to have to strike, um, which I think was, is has been frustrating for the writers because the writers like we've been doing all of this work the fact that we are on strike made it easier for the directors to get better terms but rather than sort of stick it out with us they kind of took what they could get and now that puts the writers in a worse place negotiating wise mm-hmm. um because these directors have sort of sewed things up and the studios can say well look the directors took these terms so yeah. the writers are just being a bit outlandish by what they're asking which is frustrating, especially given that all great content, for the most part, is comes from the writers. I mean, yes. like you can have great directors, you can have great actors, but like the story, I think, is always the most important part. We've all seen movies that, you know, were lower budget but had really great stories that were so impactful, and we've seen things that had very big budgets from directors and big stars and great actors that were terrible because the writing was bad. So I think that, you know, writers are constantly undervalued and this is a tricky wrinkle. And I kind of think that it makes it more likely that the writer's strike will go on longer because some people were hoping that we kind of get like a swift close once the directors and actors had joined the picket line but yeah now it looks like the directors are off the table the actors group is still the biggest group in hollywood so if they go on strike again that could be a problem and they could sort of team up with the writers but we'll see yeah i mean it just seems like actors should definitely be interested in getting a piece of the pie the same way the writers are because the face of you know movies and television and ads and whatever have all changed so drastically that they're not making the same amount like even thinking of Sydney Sweeney being like wow I had a roommate or whatever like obviously Mm -hmm. their problems are still not the worst problems to have but I think it's just you know having a little bit forward focus means the sacrifice now is probably going to be worth it in the end because the media landscape is just so so shifted at this point that something's got to give yeah, uh, we'll see. But I heard the daytime Emmys said that they wouldn't be happening this year because of the writer strike. Um, yes. So yeah, we'll see what other 
shows and events and like, are impacted. Yeah, the t- there's a bunch of shows that are obviously halted. The Tonys are happening, but they don't have, you know, like Ariana DeBose was going to have a new rap. That's not happening. <laughs> you know, a bunch of that kind of stuff got canceled. Is that real or are you joking? No, no, that's real. <laughs> um, Like all of the, I mean. They so like, oh, with- we were going to do a sequel, but too bad. <laughs> Well, no, it's like, I mean, they asked her to host. I think that they were obviously going to do stuff with that. You know what? I'm mad now. Now I'm going to get on the phone with a Netflix exec and be like, see what you cost me. I mean, I'm sort of pissed. Angela Bassett did the thing. Angela Bassett did the thing. Viola Davis, my woman king. Um, The. Because, like, I think the Tonys, because so much of, like, the Broadway community is not involved in this like the right like you can still write plays because they're not a studio so all of that um is fine it's just because the writing for the televised portion of this would be right uh, done you know by a union member and that is with the studio uh abc or whoever it is that's the problem so i think that tony's will be able to go ahead in a largely as normal because like the big musical numbers and the performances and whatever those are all still good to go it will just be like there'll be no monologue there'll be no sort of catchy opening song i don't know i don't know how exactly they do like the presenter bits um those actors are just gonna have to ad lib like like if the actors (laughs) just come out and sort of say and the nominees are and there's no ad libs or if like somebody who's not a writer can kind of whip something up really quick like i don't know (laughs) this is uh pete the coffee deliverer's chance to shine he's like hey (laughs) i've got an idea for a bit um i look forward Um, to that any other news um no that's really it for me the only other story i have is about my uh my crush prince eric from the little mermaid there was a story released that i guess because this was shot like it was supposed to get shot before the pandemic and then it ended up getting shot afterwards that the actor who plays him um jonah howard king they had set him up with a trainer and that he had just been going at it for the pandemic and when it got towards the end of that they were like wait actually he's like way too buff to be <laughs> prince eric so we need to like cut down the workout regiment because we thought he was only gonna have a certain amount of months and he's now had years to do this <laughs> and i was like oh, okay problem yeah i love that <laughs> but i like that they were like no we want like a more normal looking person like real. we can't have a bodybuilder that's hilarious i'm sorry matt that you didn't get more shirtless scenes um, i mean we on. did get a decent amount of shirtless scenes yeah and very like very wet Sea yeah, soap. and I don't like super muscly people, so I it was feeding into me perfectly. Spot. Yeah, good. I'm happy for you. Um, shall we get into love it or hate it then? Yes. Um, I also watched the Yellow Jacket season two finale, and honestly, this was a great second season. I'm always worried about the sophomore slump, but it was even like gorier, darker. This is so interesting. It was good. Um, have you I heard feel like about I, it? yeah, I feel like, well, so I feel like the main thing that I had been hearing during the season was like, eh, it's slower, nobody likes it as much, people aren't um, into it. And then I heard about, and, and so then when the season ended, I read an article that was like, here's all of the things that happened during <gasps> this season. And so 
I was because I was like, I'm not watching the second season of this, but I but I did read that. So I know everything that happened. And then after that, I've heard lots of people being like, well, I'm not going to watch season three because of what happens in the season two finale. And I was like, wow, now everybody sees how I felt after season one when my fan favorite got killed. So. Oh, season two, I thought was so good. I mean, we knew that, you know, vague spoiler adjacent, but we knew she wasn't happy on the show. So it it felt like a good ending and and we'll still get the flashback version of her, which is one of the favorite like kid actresses. But I thought it was really good. Like, yes, it did feel slower because you were kind of like, huh, what's happening? And you are introduced to two new adult characters um van and uh lottie lottie are both alive and well it turns out and so you kind of like see what they've been up to honestly though there was so many gruesome parts that i think you would have enjoyed more like they definitely explained the the i thought it was interesting like you know, you spend the whole season being like, what did they do that was so bad? What did they do that was so bad? And this gives you enough to see like what's going to happen, like why they're driven to do what they do. And it's not just like, oh, we were starving, so we had to eat someone. Like it becomes like you see their <laughs> their psychology break down more and more so that by the end, you're just like, oh, horrifying. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was really fun, really good, really well written still. Um, Christina Ritchie, killing it elijah wood is in it for like a i don't know like a supporting role he's great he's having the time of his life honestly hilarious and everyone else is just rocking it the only person who i was more and more annoyed by it was ty and yeah she's annoying that's just yeah (laughs) that was written in the stars but i liked it it is like hard to watch so i think that's why the season one hype didn't carry through season two as much because it's just like everyone used up those Showtime <laughs> freebies and there's too many um, streaming services now to want to pay an additional one. But if anyone did watch the first one and kind of liked it, is remembering it now, like I thought season two was a good a good well, finish. I heard that part of the problem with season two was that all of the adults were sort of separate and had their own like separate plot lines for the first bunch of episodes. Yeah, um, I can see that. It wasn't it, as cutesy as like yeah seeing them interact. And I, I, yeah, there. I don't know. I mean, I just once once my beloved Jackie, Jackie yeah. was killed, I was I was love like of a blonde bully, <laughs> a blonde mean girl. She is in the first couple episodes, so. I watched um this is not a um this is a completely separate thing that I wasn't going to talk about for my love it or hate it but I watched this movie Bottoms and I was just like I empathize always with the like cool <laughs> person yeah with like the popular one I'm like I don't like who's not I'm mean for being mean sake but like is just like you guys like get it together like i don't love a like <laughs> weird outsider what jackie was okay jackie was not like oh you guys get it no <laughs> jackie was, was like, like we gotta get off this island we have to like be figuring this that stuff was one out part of her and and then weird ass <laughs> what's her face was like i'm gonna break the transistor radio yeah hilarious that yeah, and it's like she's season. terrible so and what's her face was like cheating on her best friend's boyfriend yeah, so they're all bad they're she all was bad they're news. yeah no what i'm saying is like the cool girl was obviously the best and 
such so, so it continues. I can't, I can't. People, I can't go down this road. Weird, again. What's your love? No, rate this is the thing. Weird people who don't have friends like to make it out that cool people are bad because they need a way to make themselves feel better. When in actuality, <laughs> us cool people are just cooler because we're better. And that's the extent of it. I think you wish so and badly you that you had been a cool kid in school. A t-shirt. And so now, now you're Here's striving the thing. to be like, oh, this I is like, was, I get it. I get I it. I was the cool kid in school. Did I go to a weird as hell homeschool group with yeah. only weird people? Yes. yes. But was I the coolest person there? 100%. And then I also <laughs> went to a weird as hell college, but I was on the freaking homecoming court. I've always been the cool one. Okay, and, cool guy. What you know, was that's... your love it or hate it? Anyways, my love it or hate it is this new movie from A24 that just came out, or at least just came out in New York. <laughs> Who knows when <laughs> okay. it's coming to Austin? But it's called Past Lives. Um, and this debuted at Sundance. I don't know if you've heard anything about it, Shelby, but like this is this has been the movie of the year so far, I think, in like the indie sort of like film circles everybody is obsessed with it coming out of Sundance I've heard nothing but rave reviews it's A24 it's incredible it stars Greta Lee who you might remember from she was on the second season of the morning show she was also the best friend on Russian Doll did you ever watch Russian Doll no but I recognize her yeah so she's so she's one of those people who's been in a bunch of things, but I think this is sort of her first like lead acting role. And it's this very like beautiful, quiet kind of drama where she plays this girl who grows up in Korea and while she's a kid, like a twelve year old, she has a really good relationship with this boy. And, you know, they're sort of like crushing on each other a little bit, but also just good friends. In that, you know, weird phase when you're in your tweens and you're like have a best friend, but you're like, am I into them or what's going on? And then but then her family decides that they're going to move to the United States. And when she moves to the United States, she changes her name. And so she loses complete contact with this boy until she gets to college and Facebook gets invented. And this isn't based on a true story. It's, um, it's all fictional, but until Facebook's invented and then she sort of finds this guy and they kind of rekindle their relationship, but he's in Korea and she's in the U S and they're just spending all of this time on Skype. And so she breaks up with him and says, you know what? Like I'm in college. I need to be living my life. I can't just be on Skype constantly. And so then 10 years after that, once she's married and she's living in New York, this guy comes to New York um, on like a work trip and they meet up. And so it's sort of about this like weekend where he's in New York and they're sort of connecting and they have all of this past history. um, And it's. And it's sort of like sad, but beautiful and this romance and about friendship. And it's just like the writing is incredible. The directing is incredible. It's from this woman, Celine Song, wrote it and directed it. And I don't really know her from anything, but um, she's really good. And it just feels like something that like this could be the uh, a big launch for sort of everybody involved with this project. And I think that it'll get a big push come award season because the performances and the directing and the score and everything is just incredible. Um, So if you get a chance to see it. it, Yeah. (laughs) 
I would highly <laughs> recommend. It's wide release. I'll look if you're it. like a cool person, yeah. <laughs> if you have access, and you're like into like cool A24, but not in a <laughs> Maddie Healy way, but in yeah. sort of a Jackie from Yellow Jackets before her ear gets eaten by her pregnant best yeah. friend kind of way, then you should watch Past Lives. <laughs> okay, that's a good tip. Um, perfect. I'll put it on my to watch out for list. Yes, and something else that was on our to watch out for list for quite a while is the Into the Spider-Verse sequel, Across the Spider-Verse, which we will be talking about on Thursday's episode. Yes. We had very high expectations for this. Did it live up to them? We will answer that on Thursday. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.